Welcome to Humanity's Moment of Choice on Voice America, a series created with global leaders from the Evolutionary Leaders Circle. This is your Voice America host, Dr. Kurt Johnson. This is the fourth special program in our series, and it's entitled Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing to Serve, in which we are so pleased to be sharing the hour with the recent recipient of the President of the United States' Presidential Citation for Lifetime Achievement and Service, Sadvi Bhagavati Saraswati. This program follows on our series based on the evolutionary leader's multiple award-winning book, Our Moment of Choice, Evolutionary Visions, and Hope for the Future, and has included in 2022 Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Earth, Humanity's Moment of Choice, Voices for a Thriving Future, and Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing Peace. We've had some 25,000 listeners for these broadcasts, which are available 24-7 now at the same Voice America show page where you've just joined us. So be sure and enjoy those programs with such leaders as Deepak Chopra, David Corton, Dwayne Elgin, Jude Curavan, Eben Alexander, and many more, all members of the Evolutionary Leader Circle. And you can find out more about the Evolutionary Leaders at evolutionaryleaders.net. This Choosing to Serve Voice America special is hosted by the Yoga and Spiritual Practice Synergy Circle of the Evolutionary Leaders, and would be co-hosted by Denise Scotto Esquire, Chair of the Committee for the International Day of Yoga at the United Nations, and Karuna, who is the host editor of our Light on Light magazines and a co-host here on the Convergence on Voice America. Full bios for both Denise and Karuna are at the Voice America show page. The timing here is also so special because this broadcast will feature Denise and Karuna in an hour-long conversation with Sadvi about spirituality and how it motivates us to selfless service. And we're especially posting this Voice America special to mark the International Day of Nonviolence, October 2nd. Sadvi from the renowned Parmath Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, India, is director of the world-renowned International Yoga Festival which brings thousands together from all over the world in celebration of unity and yoga. And she is a recent recipient of President Joe Biden's presidential citation for lifetime achievement and service for her years of ambitious service initiatives all around India, which include a whole range of humanitarian services, especially those affecting women and children. And you're going to find out much more about all of these in the discussion that's going to follow in just a moment. And Sadvi will also be talking about her new book, From Hollywood to the Himalayas, A Journey of Healing and Transformation. So not only does our conversation today follow from the most recent International Day of Yoga, but it also coincides with our Light on Light magazine's forthcoming special issue which we publish each year about what yoga communities are doing all around the world in serving myriad arenas of human need. 
And you'll be able to find that new magazine free very soon at issuu.com slash light on light. That's issuu.com slash light on light. We think you're going to be truly inspired by today's discussion and by all of this amazing work, and particularly its relationship to spirituality and spiritual practice. So as we begin, I just want to remind you what you're going to want to check out here. For Sadvi and Paramath, you're going to want to check out sadvig.org. For those spellings, just see the links at the Voice America show page where you just joined us. You're going to want to check out the Facebook page of the International Day of Yoga Committee at the United Nations, which is under that title at Facebook, the International Day of Yoga Committee at the United Nations. And you're going to want to check out lightonkundalini.com, which is Karuna's home site, and lightonlight.us, our magazine and book website, where we're also joined now by editors from Sacred Feet Yoga and Press, which you can find at jefifoundation.com. Dot org. That's jefifoundation.org. As it happens, Sadvi is also the author of the foreword to a wonderful book appearing in November from our Light on Light Press. May the love force be with you. Kali Ki Reiki, Healing Through Divine Mother and Yogic Wisdom by Raja Ma, a.k.a. psychologist Dr. Joni Dietrich. And we'll be talking about their meeting together, Rajashree and Sadvi, recently in India, as we later close out this program. So with that said, I'm really pleased now to turn the conversation over to Karuna, who will then bring in Denise Scotto to the conversation, and then they'll together engage Sadvi in this discussion that we're sure you're going to find both informative and inspiring. And I'll be joining you again afterwards. So over now to that conversation with Karuna, opening for the group. So many, many blessings to the sacred um, ceremonial gathering this evening for International Day of Yoga with our exquisite Satvaji here from India and our exquisite beautiful host here, Denise Scotto from the United Nations. We are so blessed to gather at this very moment and the beginning of World Unity Week and the beginning of International Day of Yoga and in this most profound time of the summer solstice. So it is my honor to be here um, with you. My name is Karuna and I'm just so grateful. And let's just dive into a super awakening conversation from Hollywood to the Himalayas. <laughs> Satpaji, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Karuna. It's so beautiful to be together with you today on this Really, really beautiful rainy morning in Rishikesh. The, the rain comes exactly when it's needed and it's sharing its blessings with us this morning. So it's a beautiful environment in which to sit and be together with you and Denise. 
Thank you. We had lots of rain in the high Rockies today, finally, as well. So thank you. I'm glad we met each other in the raindrops. Denise, um, I'm going to hand this over to you because these questions that we um, spoke about are just so magnificent and they're yours. So take it over. Um, Thank you, Karuna. It is such a privilege for me to be with the two of you. Um, Aside from us being very close to celebrating the 8th International Day of Yoga, I really feel that it's about bringing us together to, one, acknowledge the tremendous dedication that Sadvi has had for so many years to creating a better world through the work that she's been doing at Parmath Nikitan Ashram in Rishikesh, through the work she's been doing with the International Yoga Festival. But Mm -hmm. for me, the work that she's been doing in the greater UN community in terms of reducing poverty, the GWASH, and for those of you that don't know about that, is the Global Interfaith WASH Alliance, which is something that I've talked about many, many times in many, many meetings because it's such a beautiful example of touching the lives of people and especially women and girls in such an important way, restoring their dignity and giving them so much respect. And that helps empower them. Um, The work that you've been doing with the genocide prevention um, is another area that touches my heart, too, because I started becoming involved in international issues through the genocide that was going on in Rwanda over 25 years ago now. Um, So there's so much here that we can speak about. And one of the things, Sadbi, that Karuna and I spoke about in a preliminary conversation that we had was how you and Pooja Swamiji have, one, dedicated your lives and you have such milestones celebrating his 70th anniversary and your 50th anniversary and really acknowledging that and the commitment and the dedication really, that you have given to humanity. Um, And then, you know, how it is about balancing the inner life, the spiritual life and the values, and taking that out into the world with action and seva. So that is one of the first things that we'd like to put out there and really say how grateful we are for being that kind of leader and for being that kind of spiritual yoga master in the greatest, fullest sense of it. Um, I don't know if many of you who are with us today are aware that Sadbi did receive a special award from U.S. President Biden for her achievement in what she's been doing. And um, if that is not telling, then I don't know what is. Um, There are many other areas we'd like to touch upon, but you may want to speak a little bit about the work you've been doing with the international community um, to give some other people a a little bit of that snapshot. Sure. Well, thank you, Denise, for such a 
a beautiful introduction and a beautiful bridge into really what is the core MO, you could say, of how we operate. You know, I always say if you look, if you look from the top down, we could look like any humanitarian, charitable, philanthropic, development-based organization doing work for women and girls and schools and children and empowerment and water and sanitation and hygiene and climate change and all of this. And yet, from the ground up, ultimately we are a spiritual organization that is predicated on the awareness, the truth, that actually we are not separate from the world we live in. And so whether it's women dying in childbirth or young girls being married off too early or children suffering with diarrhea or rivers being polluted or trees being cut down or our indigenous families and loves whose lives depend on those lands in which the trees are being cut down. Whatever it may be, whomever it may be, our spiritual teaching and practice is about experiencing a oneness with them. And it's it's a beautiful bridge because as we are celebrating Yoga Day, yoga, ultimately the word, the Sanskrit word, means union, means to unite. Now, these days, if you ask most people to share about union in yoga, they're going to talk about the union that they're aiming to achieve between their fingers and their toes or their, their nose and their knees or something like that. But ultimately, the union that yoga refers to is a union of the self, this temporary, individuated, was born, changes, dies self to what you could call the capital S self or the supreme self, the divine self, the higher self, the true self. And whether we say God, whether we say the divine, whether we say higher consciousness, whether we say my true self, whether we say love, it doesn't matter semantically what word we use, but the the spiritual practice is to experience an experiential awareness of oneness with that. And so in the same way that if my, you know, cheek itches, I'm going to scratch it because otherwise it's going to keep itching me. And if my stomach is hungry, I'm going to feed it because otherwise it's going to keep troubling me. In the same way, when there is hunger in the bellies of others, when there is pain in the lives of others, suffering in the lives of others, we should be able to respond to that in the same way that we respond to the 
pain, the suffering, the hunger, the thirst in our own physical bodies. And that's a spiritual practice that we are really predicated upon, founded upon. It's it's the core of Puja Swamiji's personal spiritual existence and also his spiritual teachings. I remember when I first came being so, and it's been almost 26 years now, being so interested by the fact that when people were struggling with their seva, their service, when there were complaints either by the person serving that, you know, they were frustrated, they were annoyed by someone else, by their work, they were bored, whatever it might have been, or whether there were complaints about someone by someone else, the solution was always the same. Meditate more. It was never a solution in here's how you serve better. It was always a solution in here's how you meditate deeper. Because if your meditation is really deep and real, when you stand up from that mat, you're going to serve. It's going to be the most natural outcome of your meditative experience. And so that's really the the core foundation of what we are founded upon. And in the world that leads to what I always jokingly say, our vision and mission is yes. (laughs) 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 Whatever, Whatever it is that the universe throws in our lap, For us, it's like, okay, I guess God sent this. I mean, this is why it is now in our lap, because God has put it there. And so whether it's building schools, building women's vocational training programs, empowerment programs, computer centers, doing these massive programs for water, sanitation, hygiene that you spoke about, ending open defecation, building toilets, bringing in menstrual hygiene, ending those taboos. You know, we work what we speak about as the grand level and the ground level. So the grand level is this changing how people think. Because if you want to change how people act, you have to change first how they think. And in India, people have been defecating in the open for millennia. And when we started our work, there were over 600 million people in India defecating in the ocean, in the ocean, defecating in the open every day. And that may sound like simply an aesthetic issue, but it's actually a major health issue because at that time we also had about 1,600 children, and these are UNICEF statistics, about 1,600 children under the age of five dying every day simply due to the repercussions of that open defecation that were creating 
impure water, that we're creating sanitation and hygiene nightmares. And so diarrhea, cholera, the death rate was huge. And so everybody came in and started to build toilets. And the dilemma was that people didn't want to use them. When you've got this whole huge, beautiful open field, to go in. Why go in this closed, contained little space? And this is what people would say. They're like, you know, we live in, say, a mud house or we live in a thatch house. Now the government or the UN or some NGO has come in and has built us this beautiful cement room and we're told to poop in it. Like, this is the nicest room in our house. Why in the world would we poop in the nicest room of the house rather than use it for grain storage or temples? I mean, literally, people were turning. It was funny because when Pooja Swamiji started the work, he said, we need to shift from building temples to building toilets. And then we ended up with people turning their toilets into temples, obviously before they ever used them, but just because it was this beautiful, nicest room of the house. So we started this work on the grand level of bringing religious leaders together. Now, Denise, as you know, with your work with the UN, but as most people probably won't know, statistics say that about 83, 84% of people in the world subscribe to a faith. Now, that's a huge percentage. It's way more than any political party has. It's way more than any social media in, you know, influencer may have. That percent of people is the biggest percentage of people subscribing to one thing. And so, and in India, of course, it's more like 99%. And so we realized that if we can harness the power of faith, of religion, to help people not just figure out how to attain heaven after they die, but actually to create heaven here on earth for all of those with whom we share this beautiful planet, that that was going to be this great role of religion. So we brought together the leaders of the different faiths and started these massive programs, what we called worship to wash programs, like a shift of focus. And we work on the ground level, actually building toilets, actually building capacity of people in the villages, the villagers, primarily women. We are uniquely focused on women. And we opened up the World Toilet College here at Parmarth Nikathon, in which we trained villagers, and again, primarily women, to become what we called Swachitha Kranthakadis, clean revolutionaries, to really bring the change in their communities. We also trained them to be toilet masons, to actually be the ones constructing the toilets so they would get some livelihood from that. And obviously, so they could really lead the change. So there's a lot more, but that's 
that's a bit a bit of an overview. And I think I think lastly, it's important just to mention that on a spiritual level, because you spoke about this spirituality in action aspect. Spirituality is not about sitting this one out. A lot of people come and say things like, you know, can you give me a meditation or a mantra or a practice that will enable me to live in peace in the horrific situations that our world is facing, the violence, the war, the climate change, the poverty. And I always say, that's not the goal of spirituality. Spirituality is not about how can you live in peace while the rest of the world suffers? How can you live in your own little private heaven while everybody else is going, you know, living in this horrible hell of lack of water, lack of food, lack of education, lack of sanitation and hygiene? That's not what spirituality is about. Spirituality is that which gives us that peace And yes, we teach meditation, we give mantra, we do all of that. But that peace is not supposed to be the end in and of itself. That peace is supposed to be the means to the end through which I become an effective channel, a clear channel of the divine flow here on earth. Because if I'm not in peace, then whatever I do is going to be done based on ego. And I'm not going to be an effective channel. I'm not going to know really what's needed. So our peace that we attain through our spiritual practices is about becoming so aligned, so connected, so in yoga with the divine. And again, by any name, any form, it doesn't matter. Call it the wisdom of the universe, but so aligned with that, that I am able to be in service of that, in service of peace, of love, like that beautiful prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, oh Lord, make me an instrument of thy mercy, right? Where there is darkness, let me bring light where there is despair, hope. So that's that's what ultimately the goal is. So spirituality really is that, that that activates us into a a sacred activism, a holy activism. And, you know, you just look at the Bhagavad Gita, the core scripture on yoga, and where does it take place? Well, there it is on a battlefield. And what is Lord Krishna, the embodiment of God in this scripture? What is he teaching? To stand up and fight. And Arjun, the one he's teaching, the one who represents us, he says in the beginning, you know what? Forget all of this. I'm just going to go and meditate and live in a cave. And if that's what we were supposed to do, 
Well, Krishna would have said, great. You know, I've been waiting for you to realize that. I've been waiting for you to stop being a human doing and start just only being. Yeah, Arjun, go sit in the cave. But he didn't. He said, no way, not so fast. This is your dharma. Your dharma is to fight this battle because through this battle, you are going to restore light to the darkness, restore righteousness to the lack of righteousness, restore peace to the lack of peace. And to do that, you need to fight this battle. So if anybody's got any confusion, uncertainty, about whether we are supposed to be engaged in action or not. The Bhagavad Gita is the answer. Stand up. Stand up and fight this war. With our connection to the divine, he says, remember me and fight the war. So it's not forget your spiritual practice. It's remember me, be deeply connected to me. And do your duty. And doesn't that give you that opportunity then to listen in that stillness and crave sitting and being a vessel to receive the gift of what you've just delivered? Absolutely, it does. It it gives you that ability to, to listen, to hear, to experience, and to know. But I think it's important to realize that it's not about what we've delivered. Because it's very obvious that we're just instruments. We're just instruments. We're being, we're being used. And that's, that's the highest goal. The goal isn't, oh, Lord, what can I deliver? Mm-hmm. The prayer is, use me. Mm-hmm. Use me as an instrument mm-hmm. for your grace. Mm-hmm. Let me, again, as St. Francis of Assisi says so beautifully, let me. Bring that light to the darkness, bring the hope to the despair, bring the pardon to the injury. Mm. This is this is the teaching and, you know, going into more deep and philosophic aspects of the Hindu tradition in the Bhagavad Gita. Also, Krishna makes it very clear that we are not the doer. That we are absolutely not the doer and that our highest goal aim simply is to be a surrendered being Mm -hmm. and allow the doing to happen through us. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it allows us to be very quiet to be very still, to be very present, 
to be very aware, to be very connected. And in that presence and connection, you know that there is something flowing through you. It's not being manufactured inside you. Mm-hmm. It's flowing through you. What we're manufacturing inside is love, mm-hmm. devotion, mm-hmm. surrender, mm-hmm. such that in that flow of love that I'm generating inside, I'm able to offer myself in love to the creator and to the creation and in love to all. And so whether we're building schools or building toilets or talking on huge stages about ending taboos around menstruation so that 70% of girls don't still learn about menstruation when they actually start bleeding, Mm -hmm. which is just a travesty. Mm-hmm. Or whether we are picking up trash from the banks of the Ganga, mm-hmm. that all of it is an act of love. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're generating is love. The mm-hmm. service is that which is simply flowing through us as an instrument. Thank you. So grateful. Thank you. I love how you really made it clear how we can and we have the capacity to create heaven on earth and how our faith traditions, right? We, I know, and many people know, they've been used as a sword, but The best of the teaching, the heart of the teaching, the way you just explained it, really is about opening up the heart and opening up our own heart to ourself, to something greater, and to the rest of humanity and our precious, precious planet. And the ability for us to remember this really allows us to know that we matter. Our thoughts matter, our actions matter, and people around us matter too. And the incredible influence we have on everyone and everything. I know that Karuna has spoken about uh, something similar to this in the past. Do you want to comment at all, Karuna? When Satvaji said yes, did you hear her giggle? I mean, when she said the word yes, there was joy in that yes. There was just joy. So let us all say yes and be challenged and surrender to this joy. That brings me to a question because you spoke about seeing the divine in everyone. And you know, sometimes that can be very difficult. So my question to you, Sadhviji, is 
does that happen? The ability to see the divine in everyone, especially when it's a challenging situation, does that happen because of grace of the divine? Like, how does that happen? So, first of all, it's important to realize that when we say see the divine in everyone, that doesn't mean see the divine in everyone's ego self. It doesn't mean as this person is smacking their kid in a grocery store and really what I need to do is go and intervene and protect that child and maybe help calm the mother or father down. It doesn't mean instead of that, that I'm going to look at the parent and see them as God and therefore not intervene. It doesn't mean that when we have any form of violence, any form of human rights abuses, any form of discrimination, any form of harming Mother Earth, it doesn't mean that we look at the beings who are doing that and say, oh, they're God, so I guess God wants, you know, the earth to be destroyed, or I guess God wants 11-year-old girls to be married off, or I guess God wants women to be dying in childbirth. That's, that's not the teaching, and it's important because that's not only, I think, an impossible challenge, but I think that that would require us to disconnect ourselves from our corest and deepest ethics and values and beliefs. And so I'm always wary of any teaching that's asking us to let go of that which is so deep and profound. We all learn to let go of that ego self that Karuna was speaking about. Um, the false identifications, this idea that says, you know, I am this body, I'm the size, I'm the shape, I'm the color, I am my history, I am my bank account, I am my career, I am my number of followers on Facebook, I am, you know, we, spirituality is all about letting go of those false identities. But let's go back to yoga for just a moment here because the sage Patanjali spoken about, thought of as the, the spiritual father of yoga, gave us what's called Ashtang Yoga, eight limbs of yoga, in which asana, the, the physical postures, are limb number three. Pranayama is limb number four. I won't go through all of that. There isn't time now, but it's important that the foundation of that, long before you get to asana and pranayama, is yam and niyam, or what in America they call the yamas and niyamas, but in Sanskrit it's yam and niyam, which is simply how we live, non-violently, truthfully, without stealing, without hoarding. So if we were meant to 
disconnect ourselves from our values, our ethics around violence, around truth, around stealing, around hoarding, around improper sexual practices, well, then why would that be the very core foundation of yoga? So seeing the divine in all doesn't mean disassociate yourself from the core of yoga, from your understanding of your commitment to nonviolence, truth, sharing, compassion, peace, love. What it means is that I, even in seeing someone's ego self mired in arrogance or ego or ignorance or anger or fear or confusion, that I'm able to see that in all of that, that that's just the karmic journey story. That's the drama of this particular karmic incarnation. But actually there is a soul there, which isn't angry, which isn't violent, which isn't obnoxious, which isn't discriminating, which isn't harming, but there is a soul there that is one with the divine. And so when we speak about seeing the divine in all, it's really about seeing content instead of form. What most of us see when we look at each other is form. Form meaning physical shape, but form also meaning the form of the, you know, neurons in my brain, the chemistry, the electricity of them, and how that manifests into my actions, my words, my demeanor, my choices. That's form. Content is soul, spirit, consciousness. So seeing the divine in all means I'm going to look for content instead of form. I'm not going to ignore form. And if I see someone harming another, I'm still going to do whatever I can to intervene and stop it. But I'm not going to identify that person based on the action. You know, when we, when we say namaste, namaste literally means the divine in me bows to the divine in you. And it's such a beautiful practice because first, before I can bow to the divine in you, first I have to experience the divine in myself. Meaning I have to stop my own self-talk of you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're too stupid, Everybody's laughing at you. Nobody likes you. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. You didn't do this right. Boy, who do you think you are? I've got to stop all of that in order to be able to drop into the soul of the self, the essence of the self, the content of the self. Being fat, being old, being stupid, being unsuccessful, this is form. I mean, A, and it's not even true, but that's a whole other issue. 
but I need to drop into content in me, which is soul and spirit. And only then, only when I am anchored in consciousness, in love, not the love that loves you because you remembered my birthday and brought me chocolates, <laughs> but the love in me that's just love, that is the love of creation, that is the love of the tree that gives us a juicy apple, the love of the flower that opens its petals to the sun, the love of the sun that shines upon us, the love of the rain upon us, to anchor myself in that. And only then can I begin to bow to that in you, to connect to that in you. And so saying namaste is a spiritual practice. And it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful place to start if people are looking for like where to start this whole thing. Well, start with a practice of namaste. Whoever you meet. I mean, A, it's better for your immunity. No issue with shaking hands and then catching something and we can stop using all of that toxic Purell disinfectant. Just do namaste. In order to do it, anchor in the divine in you and then really see that divine means that same self, means that connection, that oneness, that yoga. See that when you bow to the other one, that they're not separate. You know, it's really funny if I may say something with you on that, on that namaste. You would be so surprised who comes out of nowhere and says before who you think would say namaste first to you. Everyone knows namaste now. And what it is, is it's like this, and it gives me chills, this universal language that when people feel super heard and cozy, they thank you in namaste in a way in which I relate to you and you relate to me. And I see you, dear soul. I see your soul. And it's all you have to say is that one namaste or satnam or, you know, just this greeting that says no need to say any other words. As a matter of fact, we can stay super silent. <laughs> and that discomfort in that silence brings so much awareness of that we were speaking about earlier, that innocence that brings back that comfort of where I'm really uncomfortable is in the silence. And especially the sitting part of settling in this busy, busy doer world of saying, no, this is so, this is really grace for me to sit with myself right now. 
So thank you so much for reminding us how to do this because we need to hear how to do this and to say, ask you and how, you know, many people say, how long will it take? I know nothing about what you're talking about. Where do I start? You've been so generous with your time and with the teaching and your wisdom. I love hearing your stories. Um, I have to say that it reminds me, it brings me back to the first time I heard you speak back in, I think it was Salt Lake City at the Parliament of the World Religions at the Women's Summit. And I, you know, usually don't go up to people. I'm not that kind of person, but I just was compelled to go up, um, you know, to engage and talk and, you know, just exchange a word with Sodby. Um, and hearing yeah. you now brings that back to me so clearly. Um, so you've been so um, inspirational to many people. And I know that your book, the latest one that you have, you can show it. Yes, there we go. Hollywood. Um, to the Himalayas and how that has been such a healing uh, journey in many ways for you um, is something that I think has a lot of value and people who read it, you know, can find a deeper meaning um, and also just the words impart so much energy too. Um, so it goes back to that silence, Karuna, you know, just really focusing and being in the silence and opening up to that energy. Um, and so I, I, she shares her story, her true, honest story here of herself and, um, and shows that we all have this ability, this courage we spoke of earlier about getting home to the root in this book in such a magnificent way and feeling completely brave enough to do so ladies that are gents that are out there listening to this interview today with Satvaji. remember remember just remember well we're grateful that you did um have the courage and take the time to do it because again, you know, these kinds of personal sharings are the things that really do allow people to open up their mind and to have a shift in consciousness. You know, um, the heart is ready and sometimes the mind is not, you know, but uh, again, by reading this and letting the energy permeate, it really does help. I know that that's been an experience that I've had, um, and I, I, I really do encourage everyone, you know, to take a look at the book. Mm. And um, again, you've been so generous, and I don't want to take up more of your time because I know you have a lot of responsibility, and it's the beginning of the day. Um, so if you'd like to just give any parting words, know that we so appreciate you and we want to acknowledge you on this special milestone. We want to wish you and Pooja Swamiji a really beautiful and special 
8th International Day of Yoga, uh, and knowing that you're with us in spirit always, and especially on Yoga Day as we celebrate again at the North Lawn in the UN building and then at the Tillman Chapel uh, with many things going on. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Denise and Karuna. And it's been just such a joy to be together with you. And I vividly remember Salt Lake City when we first met and those beautiful moments sitting together. And yeah, just in in closing, in terms of what Karuna mentioned about my book, it really has been for me an extraordinary experience to be able to actually share the the untold story, you could say. Um, the, The publishers and people were literally marketing it in places as like the untold story, you know, of, of what a, a religious renunciant, a spiritual leader, like what I've been through. And for me, it wasn't so much about the sensationalism of it. It was really about the bridging of spirituality and humanity because What I think afflicts so many people is this idea that somehow in order to be spiritual, you have to no longer be human. And yes, we have masters. We have masters who came out of the womb enlightened. We have masters who came into this world knowing exactly what they were here for and have walked that. I mean, Pooja Swamiji is one of them. It's been just an incredible blessing to be in his presence. But that's not my story. And I realized that it was so critical to share a story of both, on the one hand, normal American life, on the other hand, challenges, trauma, difficulties, because all those people who didn't come out of the womb enlightened should not feel like they are disqualified from grace. Anyone who is suffering, who's been abused, who's been abandoned, who's been through trauma, who's struggled with any form of addiction, any form of depression or other mental health issues, any kind of relationship conflict, regardless of where you are in the healing of that, grace is there for you. And full healing and transformation and freedom is available for you. And that's really what I wanted people to realize is simply managing your pain is not the highest goal. You actually can be free of it. And in order to, I think, make people realize that I was a reliable bearer of that news, I needed to share with them all of that that I needed to heal from. 
Otherwise, people look at me and they think that I somehow landed as this, you know, sort of untouched virgin angel who just sort of descended from the clouds of Stanford University onto the banks of Ganga. And and people feel like, well, I'm, I'm just cut from a different cloth and therefore that which I've experienced isn't available for them. And it was just so critical to really end that, that illusion that people had in their minds because A, it isn't true and B, it doesn't help people. If they hold me as somehow different, separate, it deprives them of the very real accessible mm. possibility of their own awakening, of their mm. own freedom. So it's been, it's been a joy to write it. It's been a joy to share about it. We had a beautiful program in Boulder last year with, with Karuna that she had organized in, in so many other places in America and online. And just to be able to really drop into a, a humanity in spirituality space has been just such a blessing. And that brings us to what we were talking about at the start, how the inner and the outer is something that, uh, you know, you've explained so beautifully and brought us home to. Um, yeah, we cherish this time with you, Sadvi. Thank you so much for being with us. Karuna, uh, you are such a gem for coordinating all of this and bringing your own wisdom and uh you know experiences into the conversation um you know i wanted to say one last little amazing teaching that um Sataji and puja swamiji left me with when they left and that was at the last very last minute when they were getting all their bags packed and ready to leave um, my sanctuary, Swami Jesus, we have to do the water ceremony. We have to do the water ceremony. And they're already late. I said, it's too late. I said, no, we have to do the water, get the water. So we got a little copper, you know, container and, and we did a water ceremony and I just want to use that as a very important example that there's always time Mm. for you to finish your work. And it was super important as we're living in a forest here and the abundance, you know, in in the less than available water sources and resources with fire and whatnot. So it was so important and so generous. And, and Pooja Swamiji is all about gratitude and compassion and taking care of his family, universal family. And to see him come along with Satvaji, support her, was so important for the women in the world that are going out to speak, to know that we all have this unbelievable, undeniable love and support out there to open our voice, to say how we feel and to to share what we've experienced with 
every part of our truth and not to be afraid. Open up because there's a ceremony for you going on right now. And that's what we're here for. And, and I'm so grateful to be here with you, divine feminine beings that you are. And I remember you going up and saying hello at the parliament to Sadhguruji. I, I, I witnessed the whole, the whole um, hello there and, and conversation. So and I'm really happy you brought that parliament back to us because we had our Philip Helmich there with us too. You know, so darlings and family out there, we must really hear this, you know, hear this conversation more than once to let it, the, the teaching and the Shakti and the, the knowledge, wisdom and grace as grace is so generous really seep in. So Denise, this platform that you're giving us to allow us to get the message out without preaching it out or saying it's got to be one way or another. Just walk mindfully, breathe deeply, and know you're embraced any which way, every which way you're embraced in that sacred place of yoga and your aura and your light and it has no form, like Sampaji said. You know, I do want to emphasize what you just said, though, Karuna, about Puja Swamiji supporting Sadhvi, because I think in many cultures, I've experienced that the male is really in charge of so much and sets the tone about different things. We know Malala's dad was the one who actually encouraged her to attend school and that if it weren't for him, she wouldn't be studying. That's one example that we have yes. in different kinds of societies. So the fact that you bring that up, I think is so important because it's how men and women can be together supportive. It's not that we want women to rule the world, but how can we go hand in hand? And this is such a beautiful example that I want to bring up, you know, because we talk about men and women and equality, you know, but what does that really mean? You know, and I think it's about really having the support of one another. You know, and in certain societies, women having the support of men is just so critical for them to really be taken seriously and to feel that, you know, they have some worth on their own without being the property of so-and-so, my father, my brother, my husband, you know. So thank you for bringing that up in this conversation. Because it's so, I think, uh, essential when we talk about the divine feminine and what that means, you know, in terms of um, Shakti and the power mm -hmm. of Shakti and the feminine. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. Satnam. Satnam. So please give our heartfelt wishes and regards to uh, Puja Swamiji and let him know that we send so much love and that um, we wish for you and him 
to have a very long and healthy life so that you can continue to touch the lives of so many people around the world. So many uh, creatures are animal companions in this beautiful planet. And um, that Mama Ganga remains just so clean and pure and a wonderful resource for everyone everywhere. Um, we're so grateful and send so much love. Happy birthday, happy yoga day uh, from us here. Karuna, you uh, are so wonderful too, and we so appreciate you and the way you join us uh, with our events and all the support that you give us. So a big thanks to you, a big hug to you, and um, happy yoga day. Happy yoga day, everyone. Happy, happy yoga day to both Inhale, of you. exhale. We love you. And I'll definitely give your love to Pooja Swamiji and that, that honoring of the way that he honors women, which is so rare, as you've mentioned, and so special and so critical. So I will, I'll definitely give him your love. I'll definitely give him the message and so much love to you both and to everyone joining us online. Yes. Thank you so much, Sattvaji. Thank you so much for your blessings at Mataganga. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you so very, very much for your generosity. Thank you. Satnam, take care. Well, wow. Thank you so much for that amazing and moving conversation, Sadvi, Denise, and Karuna. It is such a powerful illustration of our moment of choice, choosing to serve in this wider context of humanities moment of choice. So we're going to be right back again to close with some concluding messages from our guests and tell you about what's coming next on the Convergence on Voice America, right after this short message about the book from the evolutionary leaders, our moment of choice, evolutionary visions and hope for the future from the publisher, Beyond Words, Simon and Schuster. Hello, this is Richard Cohn, publisher of Beyond Words. We are very honored to be partnering with Simon & Schuster and the Synergy Foundation to bring you a new thought-provoking book for these challenging times. It is called Our Moment of Choice, and it features 43 of the world's most well-known spiritual thinkers, offering practical solutions to the most pressing problems of our time from economic inequality and social injustice to climate change and spiritual disconnection. Deepak Chopra offers his thoughts on how our inherent wholeness is not a choice, while Greg Braden suggests that we can change our world by first realizing that none of us are separate from each other. Lynn McTaggart investigates the link between altruism and self-healing. Michael Bernard Beckwith, Bruce Lipton, and many others share their thoughts on moving forward in ways that expand our consciousness and benefit the global community. 
Our moment of choice calls on us all to be the co-creators of a just, unified, peaceful, and thriving world. The time has come for all humanity to be united in purpose. This is our call to action. This is our collective moment of choice upon which our future depends. You can purchase your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Beyond Words, or your local independent bookstore. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Convergence on Voice America and this special broadcast, Humanity's Moment of Choice, Choosing to Serve. On the occasions of the upcoming International Day of Nonviolence, October 2nd, and publication of our annual Light on Light magazine special issue on yoga all around the world. So here are some important updates to close out. Light on Light Press's author, Rajasri Ma, author of May the Love Force Be With You, Kaliki Reiki, Healing Through Divine Mother and Yogic Wisdom, met with our special guest, Sadviji, who has written the foreword to Rajasri's upcoming book on September 3rd in Rishikesh. And you can see photos and information from that meeting in the 2022 special yoga issue from Light on Light magazine, which is free at www.issuu.com slash lightonlight. That's issuu.com slash lightonlight, posting right away. And you can follow up on all the amazing work of the International Day of Yoga Committee at the United Nations at its Facebook page of that title, International Day of Yoga Committee at the United Nations. And the Evolutionary Leaders and this series on Voice America at evolutionaryleaders.net. Our next Voice America special will post on October 28th with the Conscious Business Synergy Circle of the Evolutionary Leaders. And then on November 18th, with authors of two amazing books associated with the Science and Spirituality Synergy Circle of the Evolutionary Leaders, Science, Being, and Becoming, The Spiritual Lives of Scientists by Dr. Paul J. Mills, which is now a number one in pre-sales at Amazon. And a new story of wholeness an Experiential Guide for Uniting the Human Family by two-time Nautilus Award winner, Dr. Robert Adkinson. That program will post November 18th here on The Convergence. And then in December, we plan to follow with a really special program on contact. A look at the whole phenomenon of UAPs, UFOs, and the interdimensional phenomenon based on some fascinating work from this group and the evolutionary leaders who've been inquiring into these phenomena, which have certainly captured attention throughout 2022 all around the world. So join us for this tremendous variety of content as we continue through 2022. So let's close now with a final short and reflective message from Karuna, whose name means compassion a short message so appropriate to our marking of the International Days of Yoga, Peace, and Nonviolence, and our series theme, Humanity's Moment of Choice. I believe we have been awaiting 
this time for decades to hit the pinnacle of the Kali Yuga, the dark age, to receive the Satyuga, the light age, to forgive, to honor and trust the truth. It's taken this long and it even keeps backing up our forward movement to track that in which still lingers in the goo, the darkness, to make sure we have cleared its virus residue, bringing forth the rue, the light, we all can heal. So yes, we make big changes and yet they too remain vulnerable. And so we need to commit to find a steady discipline on a daily basis for the guru to remember who and why we are here and to receive the sacred silent whisper to feel we are bigger, a participant, a community of this almighty wisdom in these sacred times of this Aquarian age. This Sat Nam, this Wahe Guru, this Yes I Am, a part of your directive, your path. I am love. Let us stop this nonsense of thinking as victims and relish more in the destiny of the security versus the insecurity so our daughters our children can grow and allow enough time for our self-care and to reflect, to be the mirror and bathe in the Mata, Ganga, the Mother Earth and give back bounty and beauty and grace and compassion and mercy and love. It's really our only one moment of choice. May peace prevail on this sacred planet. I love you all. Karuna. Satnam. Satnam.